Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. We want to live our lives like Him. We want to look more and more like Jesus. And we do that by spending time with Him, right? We've, we've talked about that before. More time spent with somebody, you're going to start to act like them, good or bad. And we know how that works, right? Either you were surrounded by friends on the, the bad end of that, or you were one of the bad ones corrupting people, right? We understand that proximity changes, right? It just, you're closer to people, you're going to start acting like them. We'll start getting closer to Jesus. Pastor James encourages you in the message today to keep your eyes focused on Jesus. The more time spent with him through reading of the word and prayer, the more you'll know him and live like him. God isn't finished with you yet. It doesn't matter how long you've been a follower of Christ, there's always more to learn as you seek to know Him. Will you allow Him to transform your life and then go out and share His love with others who haven't heard? Now here's Pastor James in the book of Philippians chapter 2 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. Trust the Lord Jesus. Here's Timothy, our, our, another, our other example, to send Timothy to you shortly, that I also may be encouraged when I know your state. For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state, for all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. But you know his proven character, that's Timothy's proven character, that as a son with his father, he served me or he served with me in the gospel. Therefore, I hope to send him at once, as soon as I see how it goes with me. But I trust in the Lord that I myself shall also come shortly. So Paul is fully confident, hey, listen, as soon as I get out of this place, man, I'm going to come and visit you guys. History would tell us that he probably did actually get out and visit them, okay? But he is, here's, here's Paul. He's going through this. He's like, listen, you guys want to be like Jesus, you want to be like Jesus. And he goes through that whole thing there. But he's also like, but you know what? I can't come to you, but I'm going to send, I'm going to send you guys a really good option. My son, Timothy. He's not literally his son biologically. He's his son in the faith. And he says, if I can't get to you, then I'm sending Timothy. I'm going to send Timothy to you. Here's the question. If you can't get to them, who goes in your place? If you can't make it to them, whoever them are, who are you sending in your place? Well, see, that would require you to invest in the life of somebody else. That's what Paul did. He invested in the life of Timothy. He also invested in the life of Silas and Titus and a handful of other guys. So that when Paul could not go to these places, he could send other individuals to go to them who is that for us? Who's it for you? The, the point I'm making is this. You must have a Timothy in your life. It is not optional because the Great Commission from Jesus says, you go 
and what? Make disciples. Teach them the word. You're baptizing them. You're doing all that stuff. You're training them up for what? To either take your place or to send them off to go serve somewhere. We have to have Timothy's in our lives. You have to. We have to. And I don't want to beat this too, you know, firmly into the ground here, but my goodness, we have to have disciples. If a church isn't producing disciples, we are not doing our job. If we are not in a position where we can send people out, we are not doing something right. We're not. And as individuals, if there's a need and you can't get there, who are you going to send? So hold on to that as your motivation to invest in the lives of other people. Because you never know when the church of Philippi is just going to be waiting for like, who, well, you're in jail, you can't come to us, but who, who are you going to send instead? And Paul's like, I got the best guy. I, he's a son to me. He's a son to me. I'm going to send him. I'm going to send him. And I'll get there when I can. But when I can't, I'm going to send you the best. We have to have that. I was just on the phone with, uh, with a guy from uh, Calvary Bible Institute out there in the desert in California where it's hot, but it's dry, so they're okay. Down here, I was like, he's like, how are you guys doing? I'm like, dude, it's hot and humid. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> right? You're like, yeah, I appreciate that. They, their whole emphasis on what they do, they're kind of, uh, you know, kind of like the Bible college out there, but a lot of their emphasis on what they do is to train up students to send them out as interns within churches. So I was listening to a podcast one day. Uh, Bill Holdridge, who's no longer the pastor of uh, Calvary Chapel Monterey, um, he now he kind of runs a podcast and travels around, uh, went to school with his son, who now is the pastor there. But uh, he's running a podcast, interview this guy, and this guy's like, hey, I'm going to give out my cell phone number. Anybody wants you, you just call my cell phone and talk to me. And I'm like, well, that's kind of, well, that's crazy. Number one, I'm not giving anybody my cell phone number. Unless you need it. I'm probably not going to answer because I don't recognize your number, but um, I'll do my best. You leave me a message, I'll call you back. How's that? Does that sound okay? I'm just not really reliable on phone calls. You can text me, though. Text me. That's... So I'm like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out to this guy. I'm going to call this guy. Well, I didn't call him. I sent him an email, and one of his other guys gave me, we talked. And I was like, look, I'm like, here's what I'm, con- not really what I'm concerned about. This is what I'm passionate about. We need to train up our replacements. Every single one of us should always be training up our replacements because you're not always going to be here, and neither am I. We have no idea what's going to happen. But we should always be investing in the next group coming up or whoever that may be. We should always be investing in somebody else and training up our replacements, training up our replacements. And he's like, I love that philosophy. He's like, you know what? I'm going to share about your church with, with some of our students. They're about to start their... Uh, their semester and all that good stuff. He's like, I'm going to share, share this with some of our students and just have them start praying about Galveston, Texas. Maybe some of them will feel called by God to, to go there. And I said, well, if they do, bring them on. Bring them on. Why? So we can have Timothys. So we can have Timothys. Whether they're male students or female students, I don't really care. What? So we can invest into them because they may, they, they're interns. They may not stay here forever. That's fine. Welcome to Galveston. 
Nobody stays here forever, right? It's like everybody's coming. It's transient. That's how this island works, and I love it. So you come, we'll pour into you, we'll invest into you, and then wherever it is that God sends you, then go and just represent Him. Hold fast to the Word of God and shine bright for Him. Shine bright for Him. That's what Paul, he's like, look, I can't get to you, but I'm going to send Timothy. He's my son. Nobody, he's like, he even says there, he's like, I, he's like, I don't have anybody else around me who, who thinks the same way I do. Um, he's like, you know, Timothy, you know he's proven himself and all that good stuff. He says, uh, these other guys who are all around me, he's like, they're just in it for themselves. And he's kind of addressed those guys in chapter one too. You know, the same guys who are out proclaiming the gospel while Paul's locked up. But Paul's like, I, Timothy's the only one who kind of, thinks like me, has the same heart that I do. So I'm sending you him. Basically, I'm sending you the best that I have, the best that I have. Then there's Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus is kind of cool because Epaphroditus was sent to Paul by the church of Philippi. This is amazing. This was one of their own that they raised up and they sent to go minister to the apostle Paul. This is really cool. So Paul's like, I'm going to send you Timothy. Oh, and by the way, I'm sending you back Epaphroditus because he has ministered to me. He says, yet I considered it necessary to send you, this is uh, verse 25, send you uh, Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier, but your messenger and the one who ministered to my needs. So that's cool how this works both ways, right? So this church was sending Epaphroditus to go and to minister to the Apostle Paul while he's locked up in jail. That's what we got to be doing as well. That's the cool thing. It's like we can receive Timothy's, but we also should be sending out Epaphroditus's, right? Taking in, yeah, bring on Timothy's. Bring somebody in who can encourage us for sure. But let's send out Epaphroditus so that they can go and encourage those who are maybe locked up in jail or maybe on the mission field. So you see that you have the intake you also have the outtake, right? You're taking in, but you're also sending out. It's a beautiful thing. Working, working out your salvation because God's working in you. It's, it's this in and out that's, that's taking place. So he's sending Epaphroditus back to them. He goes on to say, since verse 20, uh, 26 there, since he was longing for you all and was distressed because you had heard he was sick. For indeed he was sick almost unto death. He's like, this dude almost died. <laughs> He's like, he was really bad sick. He probably had corona. Uh, way back then, he probably had it. I don't mean to make light of that, but the dude was, he was sick. But what ha- what's the point? He got better. Why did he get better? Because God's not done with him. Because God's not done with him. Just to inject some confidence into your life. Because I know, we actually, we know people who have corona. We do. And then right now, in two weeks of isolation, and we pray for them. But here's the thing. God's not done with you. God's not done with you. I hope and I pray that nobody gets sick. I hope and I pray that whether it's this or when the flu season comes back around, I hope and I pray that nobody gets sick. But I also hope and I pray that we all understand, listen, God has your life. Be smart. Wash your hands. Do smart things, please, like, do that. But also understand, you don't have to walk around in fear because God holds your hand. He holds your life in his hand, okay? This is a true concept for Epaphroditus. 
He is on a mission trip. He is serving the Apostle Paul. He's doing good things. And isn't it always when we're on mission trips, when we're doing good things for the Lord, that we get sick? Why? Have you ever been on a mission trip? Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst. You're going, you're going down there, and you're like, Lord, I'm here to do good things. And now I, I'm as sick as a dog. We, oh, every time we, we did mission trips, we, you always end up with students who, they just got sick. And it's like the whole week, they're sick. Why? Why does it just, it happens. It happens. But God wasn't done with Epaphroditus. And Paul's like, he said, I mean, he tells it. He says, look, I'm saying, I mean, New Living Translation says, I'm sending him because he has been longing to see you. He was very distressed. Now, note this, this is Epaphroditus' heart. He was distressed because they were so concerned about him. He's like, I don't want them worrying about me. I need to get back to show them that I'm okay. He says, I'm sending him uh, because he has been longing to see you, and he is very distressed that you heard he was ill, and he certainly was ill. In fact, he almost died. But God had mercy on him, and also me, so that I would not have one sorrow after another, or as the New King James says, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Sorrow upon sorrow, what does that mean? That means this. He has grown really close to Epaphroditus in a friendship but also in a ministry sense too. So it would have broken Paul's heart on multiple levels to have lost a fellow laborer of the faith, but then also a friend. It would have broken, it would have crushed Paul. There was Epaphroditus and Paul was like watching this guy and he's like, you, this guy is not good. So what was Paul probably doing? Well, he's probably praying for him like crazy. Praying for him, praying for him. Lord, heal him, Lord, heal him. God, and it says there, that God had mercy on him. God had mercy on Epaphroditus. He, he healed him. Verse uh, 28 there, Therefore I sent him the more eagerly, that when you see him again, you may rejoice, and I may be less sorrowful. So Paul's like, look, I'm going to send him back to you so that you, can, you guys can see that he's okay. He made it. He's okay. God's not done with him. So because of that, you can rejoice in the ones who come back from those trips. And maybe you heard it was rough for them, but when they come back, what do you do? You rejoice. You rejoice. This applies to our missionaries. Let's say, hypothetically, we have missionaries that go out on the field, and they get out on the field, and they're serving and all that stuff, but then they get deathly ill, and so ill that once they recover, they have to make it back to the States. Put yourself in their shoes. How are you feeling when you have to leave the mission field and come back to America because you got sick? You're feeling like a failure. You're feeling like a failure. This has happened time and time again for missionaries. They'll get ill because it happens. It happens. They'll get ill and they'll come back and they just feel like they failed. I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't tough enough. I should have just kept going. I, I, I would have been fine. I should have just done this and all that. The church's response to individuals who go through those experiences should be that of rejoicing. Should be that of rejoicing. You're not a failure. You're not a failure. Number one, you're not a failure because you actually went. How many are going? Not enough. Not enough. 
So when we think of this, because Epaphroditus is basically a missionary going to serve Paul, and he gets sick, and, and he, you know he's feeling bad about this because you know what that's like. You go to minister to somebody else, and then you get sick, and you're of no use to them at all. And now they feel bad because you're sick, and you're like, I don't want them having to worry about me. I don't want them having to take care of me. They, Paul already has enough trouble. He's locked up in prison. He shouldn't have to be worrying about me. I'm here to help him. And now he has to help me and all this stuff. I'm a burden to him. And Paul's like, no, this dude's awesome. This guy's awesome. Hey, when he comes back, could you guys throw him a party? Will, will you guys throw him a party uh, of just celebration because of how awesome he is? Would you do that for me? Because he probably feels kind of bummed out that he failed on this trip. And he's like, he didn't fail. He ministered to me, but he was sick. He almost died on you. He's like, no, no, he blessed me. He ministered to me in ways that you, you'll, never, you'll never understand. So we need to make sure that as a church that we're doing that for other people as well. Let's say somebody goes out and they want to start something or they want to start this ministry and all that stuff, and they go out there and they just get beaten up. And they come back and they feel like failures. No, what we should be doing is we should be rejoicing Rejoice. Rejoice in the fact that they had the courage to step out of the boat. So they crashed and burned. So what? So what? Well, they got it wrong. Did they? Who's to judge that? Isn't that God's business? I think it is. So the church should be like, you know what? Man, we're so proud of you. Way to go. Way to be bold. Way to take a step of faith. Way to take a step of faith. I actually just sent a guy a text yesterday. The Lord's been putting him on my heart for the past couple of weeks now. And I was like, oh, I need to send him a text. I sent him a text and I said, dude, I'm so proud of you for taking a step of faith. So proud of you. Way to go, man. Way to step out there. Way to take that step of faith. I'm proud of you. If you need anything, you let me know because I'm here for you. We need more of that. More and more of that right? So Paul's like, hey, this is Epaphrodite. I'm sending him back to you. When you see him again, you may rejoice. He's like, I may be less sorrowful. Verse 29, receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness and hold such men in esteem. <gasps> there it is. In esteem. Not like on a pedestal, but he says in New Living Translation, says it like this, Welcome him in the Lord's love and with great joy and give him the honor that people like him deserve. He's not a failure. He's not a failure. He went. So what? He got sick. He almost died. You should be nice to him just for that fact alone. The guy almost died. But God had mercy on him and he didn't die, and he was very useful, and I'm sending him back for him. So when you receive him, throw a party. Give him honor, because he's earned it. He deserves it. Show guys like that honor. He goes on to say, verse 30, for he risked his life for the work of Christ, and he was at the point of death while doing for me what you couldn't do from far away. Or New King James says, because of the work for Christ, he came close to death, not regarding his life to supply what was lacking in your service to me. It's beautiful. That's amazing. 
Like Epaphroditus should be known in the church. That, to this day, that name should be known within the church. And we don't, and I, I'm, look, I'd be guilty of it too. I, I, under, I know when somebody says Epaphroditus, I, in my brain, I, I go to Philippians. I remember, I'm like, oh yeah, right, wasn't he the guy? He got sick, right? But no, it should be individuals, I say guys, like that's probably like still some California in me, okay? Because guys refers to like everybody, okay? If you ever get a text or a message from me, and you're female and it says, guys, listen, I'm not, I'm not discrediting you and your gender or anything like that. I'm just, that's what I call everybody. Hey, guys, you know, that's what I do. Texans, I am a Texan, born and raised. We like to say y'all, you all, y'all, okay? Anyways, individuals like Epaphroditus, man, are, they're special. And they should be treated not more special than other individuals, but man, they should have a place of honor within our hearts. Individuals who are willing to go when the church can't go, but they're willing to go, hey, we should be encouraging them. We should be rooting for them. And when they come back, beaten up, chewed up and spit out by whatever, wherever it is that they went and all that stuff, they should come back not feeling defeated, but they should come back feeling encouraged and loved by the church. And we are applauding their efforts saying, Good job. Thanks for going when we couldn't go. Hey, crab trees out there in Africa, thanks for going when we, can't, when we can't go. Laura out there in Russia, thank you for going where we couldn't go, when we, can't, when we couldn't. For everybody else that's out there that's serving out on the mission field, thank you so much for going when we couldn't go. And that's why we always want those guys to come back. And that's why when they come back, we will take care of them. We will absolutely take care of them. Because they're serving the Lord. They're serving the Lord in places where a lot of us, we just don't have the opportunity to go. And that's okay. So you got Jesus, top standard. The one, the, the one. We want to we live our lives like him. We want to look more and more like Jesus. And we do that by spending time with him, right? We, we've talked about that before. More time spent with somebody, you're going to start to act like them, good or bad. And we know how that works, right? Either you were surrounded by friends on the, the bad end of that, or you were one of the bad ones corrupting people, right? We understand that proximity changes, right? It just... You're closer to people, you're going to start acting like them. We'll start getting closer to Jesus so you can start acting like him. That's how it works. It's simple. Spend more time with him, you'll start to look like him. You'll start to act like him. You'll start to talk like him, so to speak. We hold fast to the word of God. We hold fast to the word of God so that we can shine. Not complaining, not grumbling, but shining in a dark world. And start raising up a Timothy. Look for Epaphroditus so that you can send them where you can't go. And so that when they come back, we can rejoice in what the Lord has done in and through them. This is how churches should function. This is how the body of believers, the body of Christ, this is how we should look. Where people can come back, whether they're a missionary or a prodigal, they can come back and the church We'll throw a party. Read your Bibles. Jesus is all about throwing parties for prodigals, but also for missionaries who come back. That's what church should be like. 
So let's be like that. Let's represent like that. Thanks for joining us today on Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. Pastor James has been teaching through the book of Philippians, a New Testament letter written by the Apostle Paul. This letter was meant to encourage the church in Philippi. Paul expressed great appreciation for this group of believers, and he made sure to mention that they were very generous in supporting his ministry. This is how we feel here at Bread for the Broken, too. We're so grateful for your listening support, as well as any financial support you feel led to give. We ask that you pray for this ministry and also pray about supporting us in ways that are necessary to keep these teachings airing to people near and far. If you're interested in being a part of this support, go to breadforthebroken.com and click on the About tab. You'll find a link there to donate. Thank you for your prayerful consideration of giving to us here. If you missed any of this teaching or would like to hear more from Pastor James in the book of Philippians, visit our website today at breadforthebroken.com. Look under the Listen tab. We'd also love to meet you too, so if you're in the area, come visit us at Calvary Galveston. We meet each Sunday and Wednesday for worship and Bible study. Find out more at breadforthebroken.com. Thanks for joining us today as a part of our listening audience. Through this ministry, the gospel is going forth and lives are being changed. Tune in next time for more from the Book of Philippians, right here on Bread for the Broken.